Hello everyone, welcome to the Homesickness Cure. It's a podcast that explores how people in new places create community. We'll be talking to immigrants and expats and even city and state transplants to understand their thoughts and hear their experiences on how they've developed authentic friendships, created a thriving community and survived and actually are surviving in their new homes away from home. So join us to hear how everyday folk build connection in strange places and to discover how you can use their experiences to help you on your own journey of community creation. So I'm your host, Anya Sharice, founder of Navigating Culture, former expat, lifelong immigrant and infrequent digital nomad. So let's get this conversation going. So Today we're talking to Kikali. Okay, yeah. got it. Who, I'm excited because she's an expat from Trinidad, and I'm also from Trinidad, um, nice. and she lives in Madrid right now. Yeah. Um, and I lived in Madrid for six months, so that's pretty wow. exciting. So I did. Yeah, we have a lot in common. That's so, cool. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about her journey, why Spain, how she created a community so far away from home, and how she is maintaining connection during this COVID-19 quarantine which is kind of crazy so um let's start so tell me about your story like what's your name like what do you do where you born and raised um give it to me (laughs) all right so my name's Anika Lee um I've been here in Madrid for three years this is my third year um and I teach English uh so before I moved here I lived in Colombia for two years and I taught English there as well. Um, I went to the University of the West Indies, St. Augustine campus, and I graduated with my BA in Spanish. And during that program, I did a year abroad where we did like an exchange. And uh, so three of us went to a university in Bogota where we taught English and then three of them went to the UBSDA and they, they taught Spanish. So that really gave me my introduction into teaching English as a foreign language. And I just like, I latched on to it and I went back after I graduated to a different part of Colombia. Then I found myself here in Spain. But was there, was there a particular reason for Spain or did it just sort of like happen? No, where, where (laughs) travel is concerned for me, I've always wanted to travel and I never, I never had a bucket list. I don't have countries that I need to go to or anything like that. So for me, I was in Colombia and the program that we were on, initially they said that we could have stayed for more than a year, but then they decided, uh, no, we want new people to come. So we were like, all right, no scene. And we all just like found this program that I'm on right now in Madrid. And a lot of us applied. And so a lot of us are here right now. Yeah, it's kind of like the next step for most of us who taught in Colombia. Okay. Where in Colombia were you? So my first year I was in Bogota, which is the capital. And then my second year, so I went back to Trinidad, I graduated, and then um, I did the ECTEX program, and they placed me in a small town on the coast, on the Caribbean coast, called Cintelejo, and um, super small, three hours from Cartagena. Um, Different from Bogota, of course, because Bogota's capital, then Cintelejo is like Pueblo. So (laughs) it was a very um, distinct two years in Colombia, so... It was nice. Okay. I like it. I like it. Had you ever been to Spain before? No. I no. have never been to Europe at all. So, yeah. This okay. was like my first, yeah. This was my first time abroad, abroad. I, I mean, I lived in Colombia for two years, but <laughs> it was my first time on a different, like, completely far from home, you know? Yeah. So, 
you could imagine all the anxiety and stuff that that went into this move it was just because it was from colombia home in trinidad for summer and then to madrid so okay that really that that's a nice segue into my next question i really want to get an understanding of like the culture shock that you experienced right and how that affected you in the beginning so madrid and spain on a whole after living in colombia for two years um a lot of us who have lived in colombia moved here will tell you that it is super different in terms of like wow everything the language like you think they all speak spanish they do not <laughs> here they speak castellano which is like castilian spanish think queen's right. english versus english back home in trinidad which is english okay. in its own right you know so right. it's very different so like i had that experience even my two years in colombia so bogota you have like a a clearer english and then you have um costeñol which is what they spoke in cincelejo it's very trinidadian english but it's okay Spanish. i left there never understanding yep. anything yeah. anybody said to me i was i was over it uh, <laughs> i was completely over it then you move here to spain and it's um you know uh back in colombia we say things like hugo and here they use the word zumo and you would think they would understand what you mean that means juice by the way you think yeah. they would at least understand what they mean and they act like i have no idea what you're saying and then they would like translate it into zumo for you and like make you feel like less than and it's so ridiculous like things like that for example and like the way yeah. in, in in colombia it was very it was more familiar in terms of so you would go to the store and people would um they would greet you like neighbor and they would call you you know little pet names even if they don't know you just to make you feel at home and um here yeah. in spain it's kind of like back home in trinidad kind of like uh why you here what you want kind of thing just to like <laughs> just to like serve you and get yeah. you out of their way so it was a little bit difficult adjusting but as far as i'm concerned with travel you take what you get i yeah is a live and learn kind of thing you you either um assimilate learn to assimilate or learn to to live with it or you know you move <laughs> and for me it hasn't been that bad like honestly so yeah no i i definitely empathize with that i i feel that i felt that way so as i was telling you before i lived in madrid for 6 months yeah. it was kind of yeah. like that like everyone would just be like you would ask a question and Like you know if somebody doesn't speak like for example if you're in Trinidad and somebody came up to you and they didn't speak English but they were trying you would sort of like you'd be able to like piece together what they were saying. Yeah. But in Madrid it was kind of like I don't know what you're talking about I can't yeah, help I have you. No idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, they would use an exact phrase like I don't know they'd be like I yeah. have no idea. And yeah. then I felt similarly in in France so I went to Paris for a week last year and It was it was a little bit different in in that a lot of people spoke English but right. like I would try to speak with them in French just to like try to be polite and they'd be like do you speak English and I'd be like yeah and they'd be like okay like they would tell me in English and be like bye yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I definitely empathize with that do you feel like you have like one particular culture shock experience that you could share that really like immortalized in your brain Um for me it really just comes down to the language. So like in Colombia 
And uh, yeah, in Colombia, I don't know about the rest of Latin America, I speak Spanish. But when you ask for things, so you go to the grocery, you go to the store, and you ask for something, and you say, me regalas, like, you know, and mm-hmm. it means, would you gift me? And yeah. in, in Spain, obviously, that is like, what do you mean? Would I know? <laughs> so like, I remember my first week here, it was really difficult to not say that. Because like yeah. I said, I had just moved from Colombia. So it was just like trying to sort through the Spanish and this works and this doesn't work. So for me, I had like one yeah. of those experiences and the person just looked at me like, no. <laughs> so like that. Did they think like gift to you meant like give it to you for free? Exactly. Literally. Because that's, that's what regalar means, you know? So for them, it's like, hell no. Get out of my face. <laughs> That's good. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see how, you know, it's kind of like in English, like, can you give me that for free? Um, but in Colombia, yeah. it's kinda like, you understand that people are just trying to be polite. Yeah, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm being very polite. Like, I know this is your job and this is what you have to do, but it's just like the societal norm, the way that you ask yeah. for things. Here, it's kind of like, you know, ponme una... Oh, dame eso. And it's just like, that's so rough. <laughs> no, please. It, no, thank you. Like, the ghetto. <laughs> no, it, I remember. So I lived with a host mom who, incidentally, my host mom's name was Trinidad in Madrid. Oh, Very wow. Fun. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember, like, hearing her answer the phone and being, like, really jarred. Like, the way they, they would be, like, she would answer the phone, like, what? Tell me. Mm-hmm. What yeah. is it? And, like, even in, like, Trinidad, you don't answer the phone. You say, like, hello, good morning. Like, you know, right. so I definitely empathize with that. Like, it's kind of rude. <laughs> I definitely empathize with that. It is so rude. But, you know, it's, it's their culture, and that's how, that's yeah. how they deal with things. And, yeah. like, you know, you just have to roll with it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I do really like what you said earlier when you're, like, you either figure it out and address, and if you don't like it, you move. Like, you know? Yeah. That's, you move. That's a very, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some people have, you know, a huge issue with that, with, I don't know, like, we feel like when we travel somewhere, they have to, it's kind of like a meet you halfway kind of situation, but I feel like they're not obligated to do that. Like, we come from a culture where we do that, like, you know, we are excited to have people come to our country and experience our culture, eat our food, and, you know, just live our lives, but, like, for them, it's like, they are okay, you're here. I don't have to, I don't have to make anything work for you. You figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. No, definitely. I completely Mm -hmm. feel that as somebody who's lived in a couple places. Yeah. So I really want to understand like how you created community when you first came to Spain and was it difficult to find people with similar values or did you just hit the ground running with people straight away? Like, what was it like? Wow. So, like moving to Spain, like I said before, it's just like on the other side of the world, different time zone, completely different to anything that I'd ever experienced before. And I was just, my main concern moving here was like, is there going to be anybody that looks like me, that talks like me, that comes from where I come from? Like that was my main concern. Even yeah. though I knew that I was moving from Colombia with a lot of people who I had who were Caribbean and who I knew, but it was yeah. just like, that really weighed on my mind, like, oh my goodness. And it really wasn't difficult to find those people. 
because Madrid is like you said you've lived here for six months I don't know what your experience was like but yeah. Madrid is a very international city apart from tourism because I mean tourists come and go all the time but yeah. here you have a very strong expat community immigrants um, study abroad you name it you find it here and it's thriving so in my first year apart from you know my Caribbean friends who I I basically moved here with there are so many groups on Facebook that you can join and they're super specific like I have a, a, a friend who's from Trinidad as well her name is Kristen and she has a Facebook group called Madrid Arts and Culture so that's for everything okay. about arts and culture in the city so if you're into that you join that group um, the group that I gravitated to was called Melanin Madrid basically for all the black people in Madrid <laughs> and I was like okay that's my group so I joined that group, and in there, I made some really good friends in, in my first year. And, uh, and yeah, so, like, they would have, like, potlucks and get-togethers and, you know, people hanging out. And if somebody just wanted to go for coffee, they'd message in the group. And that's how most of the groups work. Um, now, I'm part of so many groups. There's a Madrid blogger network. There is um, a Madrid group that's just focused on community building. There yeah. is... There's so many. There's so much stuff. They all have different events, and it it's constant. So finding community here is is not that difficult. But I like that you ask about you know people with similar values as you, because it's one thing you know to have people who come from where you come from, and it's a completely other thing to um to have people who share your ideals and who share your values. You know, and um, in my yeah. first year. I did not know what those were, <laughs> like personally. Yeah. So I was just hanging out with everybody and anybody, like you know, making connections. And then yeah. that didn't really that didn't really work for me because I I felt myself I don't know I felt myself in two places at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you know, just a, a lot happened, and I I just was able to come back to center. And in my second and third year, it it's been so much easier to find those people. Because now I know, I know I know what my values are. So right. So my move to yeah. Madrid was definitely one of those um, soul searching kind of years. I just realized yesterday that I had turned twenty five that year, so that explains it. <laughs> twenty five was a rough year. I don't I feel know like, why. I don't know what it is, but universally, it's yeah. just it's a rough year. <laughs> it is. It it kicked me in my gut, but I'm grateful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I just want to tap into that a little bit more. So I feel mm -hmm. so I talked to a lot of people about um, community and like homesickness and being in right. a new place. A lot of people I talk to will be uh, they'll be like, oh, I don't really have friends. They'll be like, oh, mm -hmm. I, I talk to this person and she and I get coffee and, you know, like once in a while we cook together. Um, yeah. But I don't feel like a deep connection with them. And so. Right. And then, so my question for them after is, like, what's stopping you from going beyond the surface with those people, um, yeah. going deeper with those people? So my question for you is, like, how did you develop relationships that got deeper and, like, went beyond the surface? Because, like, you're saying in your life, like, you know, like, you had coffee with people and, you know, yeah. it was super easy to, like, go, get a mo go catch a movie yeah. with someone. But, like, how did you decide, you know, like who you wanted to spend your time with and then like what did you do or like what did they do that made you realize that you wanted to like go deeper and beyond the surface with them so for me 
it took me doing that work for myself first because okay. like I said I did not know I didn't know what my values were so like find people with similar values so I was just yeah. hanging out with everybody like it was like yeah. whatever you want to go grab coffee let's go grab coffee yeah. but then you go grab coffee with somebody and you're just like you feel exhausted after <laughs> that's <laughs> you real know, you feel yeah. like you feel like I could have just stayed home and had coffee um by myself <laughs> yeah like that would be the same thing uh so for me yeah. only until I started really meeting myself where I was and like understanding yeah. who I am and all that fun stuff was I able to you know meet people that I felt like I could vibe with you know yeah and I think until I don't want to say everybody has to do that but I feel like yeah it's not going to be meaningful mm-hmm. until you find you find what the meaning is for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and, and I get that. And, and I think that's really good advice. It's like you're, and I completely agree, like as, as an individual, if you don't understand like who you're looking for in, in what values you want, yeah. or like the type of people you want in your life, you're always going to be like running around in circles. You're going to get but, everything and you're going to have to sift through it. And that's exhausting. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely appreciate that, but I'm trying to understand for like, for you, um, once you figured out what those values were and you were like, okay, like Kim is somebody I think I can vibe with. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that deepening of the relationship came naturally or like, did you have to do, did you have to be intentional about creating relationships and going deeper with them? And if you did have to go into, if, if you did have to be intentional, like what did you do? Mm. to express your intentionality that's that's a good question but i don't think it was intentional in terms of me being like oh i like this person and i i want to go deeper with them like yeah it, it just it just happened naturally like because i was going deeper with me so so it, it's kind of like you know the things that you do whatever you do for yourself you do for others yeah And so for me, for me, I firmly believe that. And I saw that in all of my relationships where, you know, so like you, you meet somebody and I'm vulnerable with them, then they're vulnerable with me. And then the, the stuff that we share, I highly value. And so you're somebody that I consider and moving forward. And I don't mean that, I mean, there are people who, who've never been vulnerable with me, but they have good energy. Right. And that's, yeah. that's also important because, like I said before, you don't want to. I hate going out with people and then I just feel exhausted. Like midway through. I'm like, I don't have time for this. But a lot of people aren't. <laughs> a lot of people aren't in tune with, with, you know, energy, with their own energy and things like that. And I feel like a lot of the times when you move abroad, we get caught up in like being lonely. And you just want people around, but then you have to know what kind of people do you want around? You know, like, so like, yes, I do. right. So the intentionality came from, you know, all of that, that side of it. So like me being like, okay, what do I want? And finding people who could give me that as opposed to, oh, yeah. I just want to not be lonely. I've never had a problem being alone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I've had problems being alone. Being alone in public <laughs> used to be weird for me. I don't know, I just felt like everybody would be looking at me, but but I overcame that. But being yeah. alone, alone, it was just never a problem. So, like, needing to have people, needing to make friends, no. 
needing to be to be affirmed and like needed to be represented so like i said when i moved here i wanted i wanted to be around black people i wanted to be around people from the caribbean that was the only thing that concerned me yeah yeah <laughs> and not just yeah. oh people so i think that you have to be intentional in who you want around you whether it just be you know similar culture or definitely in my case more than that similar values yeah and and just if you are feel comfortable sharing like a couple of those like what would you say your values are right now right now i i really enjoy being around people who are comfortable with themselves yeah mm, okay yeah I, I enjoy people being around, being around people who are comfortable with themselves, people who who know what they want. And I mean, you have to know that crystal clear, but they have some kind of outline of it and they're working towards it. I'm comfortable around people who support each other, people who, who you know, practice, um, yeah, support and empowering each other. I love that, you know, people who yeah. have good hygiene. <laughs> People, people who don't, yeah, I just, it's, you know, it's, it's a bunch of things, but for me, it's like community, for me, it's support, yeah. and for me, it's empowerment, like, those three things, I, I latch on to, I'm like, okay, I can, I can hang out with this person, because they know what they're about, they support other people, they have a, a healthy community around them, like, I enjoy their company for this, for these reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, speaking about connections and going deeper with people, like, do you feel like Spanish and the language barrier has stopped you from going and having deep friendships with people? Like, how good is your Spanish? And, like, are you comfortable, like, for want of a better word, like, being vulnerable in Spanish? Like, that's yeah, something that I would definitely yeah, struggle with. Yeah. For me, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, yeah. be, I can't be vulnerable in Spanish. I can't express emotions in Spanish. It's very academic. And even though I've lived in Spanish-speaking countries for years at this point, it's still very academic and it's still very, I need this, give me that. Um, I, and I haven't really yeah. bothered. I haven't really bothered to make connections so that it, it, it evolves beyond that. Um, okay and for me it's like okay every time i use spanish it's basically for like translations or it's for academic stuff it, it's never for for life things and that's a flaw okay. you know that's a weakness but because like all my spanish friends speak english and you know you know how it works when you live abroad and you speak english and they speak a different language they want to speak English all the time. They, they do, And yeah. personally, that's fine. I'm good.
Um, so, so you would say the people that you're constantly talking to every day, who you would consider your friends, if they speak Spanish, they also speak English really well. Yeah, exactly. And in most cases, oh, okay. they only speak English. So, got it, got it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, like when I was in Madrid, like the goal was to speak Spanish every day, but it's exhausting, like thinking and doing thinking, everything. and you know, and then they talk really, really fast. And so a lot of the times, like I said, I my Spanish is very robotic and academic. A lot of the time, whatever they're talking about, before I even process it, and then before I even string together a sentence, they've moved on to the next thing, and I'm just like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's <real. laughs> That's very And, you know, it's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 that's That's real. Um, so can we talk a little bit more about your relationships with people in Trinidad? Because you went to UE and I feel like getting a degree yeah. and the friends you make there are like such a big part of your life. Um, do you feel or even like, I don't know if you have like cousins here or like you have friends that you made in like secondary school here. Like, do you feel like your relationships with them have changed? And, and, and then have you been intentional about maintaining those friendships or have you sort of like let them go since you're not in the with them every single day yeah i think it's it's very difficult when you travel you move abroad and you have to maintain friendships and then like i said before my my experience my first day in madrid was kind of like a finding yourself experience yeah and so i'm not the person that i was when i left trinidad and on top of that, I, um, I'd lived in Colombia the year before I had, you know, the whole, the whole, what is this? Who am I <laughs> experience? So I'm, I'm like two, two steps away from that version of myself. And so I remember, so I was in therapy last year and, uh -huh. and I remember Therapy's one of the great. things that I, I, I love it. One of the things that I had to do was talk to people who knew that version of myself and kind of like just, just to hear from them who she was. Yeah. And so I did. I talked to a few of them and it was just like, you know, they, they remember me to be somebody completely different and, and it's interesting. And so I struggle now with finding ways to involve them in in my life because i'm five or six hours ahead sometimes so much happens when i'm asleep so much happens like and then they see you on instagram and they think that you are you know living your best life or whatever you're always traveling it, it looks like that but i'm not because i live in madrid you know <laughs> so yeah yeah. It, yeah it looks like you're inaccessible and I, i'm really not but it's just like how do you it's been like three years at this point. How do you, you know, bridge that gap? How do you pull them along with you? And one of the things that my therapist reminded me of was that, you know, sometimes relationships fizzle out. And, yeah. But they come back. So. Okay. Exactly. So she, t she told me the story of, you know, one of her friends, one of her really good friends. And then, you know, 10 years later, they, they met up again in some other parts of the world and now they're really good friends again. And I appreciate that because maybe it's difficult now to, to, keep, to keep up with them, but yeah. um, in our future, 
in, in some future when I move, if I ever move back home or if we ever find ourselves in the same places, I definitely do think that our friendships are not dead. We're just, we're just not in the same place. And I find I struggle with making that work. That's real. I, th I think it's, it's tough. Um, because you're busy. Like you guys are both busy. You guys are going to like make it work where you are. Yeah. And I think time, time zones are trippy. <laughs> like even sometimes like a three hour time zone can like mess up your whole life. You know what I mean? Like in the sense yeah. of like, like when somebody's waking up, you're already going to work. And like when, you know, that person's back home, you're still at work, like yeah. in afternoon meetings. It's just really tough. So sometimes if somebody's like, oh, it's only like a three hour time difference. And I'm like, well, things are tough. <laughs> things are, things um, are very tough. Three hours is a lot of time, as you said. It's a lot. Um, speaking about Trinidad, do you come back often or have you not been back? Since, no, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was back in Trinidad at the end of the first year, which is uh, when I say years, I mean academic year. So I was back yeah. in summer 2018. Um, okay. And again, because that year was just like so difficult for me um, emotionally, just like figuring me out. So I, I was like, I need to be somewhere familiar to process the rest of this. And um, I scraped up all of my coins, literally, and booked a ticket home at the very last minute. So you can imagine how much money I paid. And a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot doesn't even describe. But, <laughs> but I, I needed to. And I, so I went home for that summer. And, um, you know, I, I, I realized a lot of things about home and about, you know, the person I was becoming. And that that wasn't the place for me, so to speak. And so now I'm just like, I'm not spending that kind of money to go home. No. I was like, you guys can spend your coins. It's, it's more, I think it's better spent if they spend their money and come visit me. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a better investment. I've lived in Trinidad for 22 years. I, it's, it's not changed. Like, <laughs> it's not changed at all. So I'm just like, every time I go back, it's just the same thing. That's it's fair. familiar. Yes, I get that. But, you know, you could just send me a care package with some Madras curry and, and some Shirley biscuit. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll You're be so fine. Funny. Well, how do you deal then, like, so how do you deal then with, like, like your, your family? I feel like um, when I was, especially when I was in the... Like when, so, I went to school in Boston, right. and I didn't. I didn't care for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has no effect on me. I, I honestly don't understand like yeah. it as a holiday. Mm -hmm. But I felt like our, like Christmas is like or Easter even like those holidays are pretty tricky. Yeah, everybody's with their family, and like people yeah. invite you, but you're not their family. So like, right. how do you like deal with? not being away from home like during like those specific times like your birthday or like holidays maybe they're not they don't trigger those feelings in you but I'm just curious yeah yeah so that's what I was gonna say I feel like I'm one of those people who I'm I've never been very attached to other people um and so like because I've always been focused on living this life of travel so yeah. I'm here and I'm doing that and it's perfect and so now, sorry. And so now, um, what I think about, for me, the hardest part about not being home is like missing carnival. Um, <laughs> specifically, Juve morning. Like I don't, I've never played Pretty Mass. I don't know about that. But Juve morning is very hard for me because, yeah. you know, 
4 a.m. in Trinidad is like it's time to go to work here in Spain, and yeah. it, it's maddening. <laughs> it's maddening. But yeah. but for me, I've had experiences. So when we lived in when I lived in Colombia, again, it was a lot of Caribbean people. So we would yeah. celebrate Christmas together, and we would like make typical food. So like pastels, yeah. Yeah. we'd find a ham, you know. Um, last last year, my friends um, were doing a Euro trip for Christmas, and we spent Christmas. We spent five days at a another Trini girl's house in Copenhagen. So we had mm -hmm. a Trini Christmas in Denmark. And, you know, that yeah. was wonderful. But for me, it's not completely necessary. Like, I would find sorrel, and I would make some sorrel, and I would try to make some pastel, and I call that, you know, a day. Um, as far as keeping in touch with family goes, like, I talk to them ever so often. Like, my mom messages me every day, so I talk to her every day. Um, but I'm the kind of person, like, if my mom didn't message me every day, I probably wouldn't message her, like, you know? And it's not because yeah. of any, you know, it's just that I'm very detached. <laughs> like, I'm just like, guys, this is the life that I chose. And this is, you knew this was going to happen ever since I was a kid, so. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to ask one more question and then um, I can just open it up to like, if you want to say anything and then a couple people are on here. So maybe people have questions. I don't know. Okay. Um, so how are you dealing with um, the quarantine? You say you don't really feel lonely. Um, so maybe you're like really thriving in this time to like spend time <laughs> by yourself. Thriving? But... No, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, so tell me how you're like keeping in touch with people, like how you're maintaining your friendships. If yeah. That's not really a thing right now, like because it's still early yeah. on, like talk to me about it. All right. So we, everything happened so fast over the last couple of days. And, um, so like last week, Wednesday, so a week ago, we yeah. we had no school. So like they were like, oh, schools are closed. You know, we're trying to deal with this thing, keep it contained. Um, but they only close schools. So a lot of people were just like, okay, vacation time. L like me. <laughs> I was like, okay. And, you know, I was just bouncing around doing stuff. And then on Saturday, that's when we entered the first official day of quarantine. So like nobody can yeah. go anywhere. And um, I remember freaking out because I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. I can't even go to the park, like, which is something that yeah. I, I usually do. I would go to the park, you know, just me by myself with my journal and just, you know, sit down, do some yoga and write. You can't even do that. Like, yeah. Yeah. so in the beginning, I was just like, ooh, what am I going to do? But as it turns out, like I mentioned before, um, the expat community here is is very big and it's thriving. So like online, there are a lot of groups and, you know, they're doing online meetups. There are so many apps and so many websites that people are using. Like yesterday, we had like yeah. a virtual birthday party for one of our uh, community leaders. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it was so cool. Everybody met up and we had wine, we had, she had cake, we sang her happy birthday, we did like a, a TikTok online, it was ridiculous, but it was fun. There are so many apps that my friends and I use every day to, to keep in touch with each other. Um, yeah, it's just been, and you, like now, like we call each other, we text like, cause now you have to, now you have to kind of like make an effort, you know, <laughs> now it's like, oh, you're going back to, you're going back to the old times. And of course, 
we have Instagram and everybody's always updating their stories. Everybody's yeah. technically always online. So you can see what people are doing and we're a little bit yeah. more social on social yeah. media because people respond to things. People are asking you questions. People want advice because we're all going through the same exact thing. Yeah. 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 It's super interesting. I was just, I was talking to, um, my, so I have, I have nieces. Um, so I'm in Trinidad right now and I have two nieces in Trinidad and they're, um, home from school and they're like getting some of their work online. And I was like, you know, on the bright side of things, like this could have happened during the time of dial up (laughs) and that would have been rough. (laughs) Rough. Like I couldn't, Um, I couldn't even imagine what what would have taken place like you know for those other crises and and pandemics that they would have had back in the day like you just you have no idea what's going on you don't know what people are doing you don't know what to do with yourself crazy yeah insane um well we've been talking for a bit so i just want to add wow. like um <laughs> So I, I know we talk a little bit about values, but for you, like, what is the key most important value in a friend? And then I want to open it up to you to share whatever you want to share. The key most important value in a friend. Yeah. For me, it's like I generosity. Mean, generosity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just like being around people who... And like I said, they don't have to be secure in themselves, but they have to have some kind of idea and they have to, to be aware. Self-awareness. That's what it is. Self-awareness. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You don't want mm-hmm. people who are like running around and just don't know what's happening. And yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, even like, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but you are aware of that and that you are working on that. And yeah. that's, that's the important part because you, you know, you find a lot of people who, who like to be the victim and who like to, you know, they like to gossip and who like to all these other stuff that are unnecessary. And that's a key sign to me of not being self-aware. And I can't be around people like that because, because the energy. I, I <laughs> think you're energy. spot on with yeah. that. Energy is a big, big, big thing. And I completely empathize with the, like, you talk to somebody for 10 minutes and you're exhausted. You're like, your skin starts to, you know, you start to feel uncomfortable. I feel yeah. that. Yeah. Awesome. So that's it for me. Um, I like the, self-awareness. To that. Yeah, self-awareness. That's it. Um, awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I know you also started a podcast. So do you want to talk about oh, that? Yeah. Help people where <laughs> to find you and stuff like that? Go for it. Okay, cool. Um, so guys, you can find me on Instagram. So I have um, the Caribbean Millennial, which is my community for the travel curious in the Caribbean. Yeah. And basically, the Caribbean Millennial tells the stories of Caribbean Millennial travelers, wherever they may be to inspire others in the Caribbean to go out and travel because it's not that difficult so I show them how (laughs) Um, and I just started my podcast you know quarantine has not been bad to me so I have all this free time so I thought why not you know do the stuff that you want to do so I started my podcast it's called Bacchanal Abroad I wanted the most yeah I wanted the most Caribbean name in the book and I was like Bacchanal does it (laughs) It's an extension of the Caribbean millennials, so some people don't like to read, and that's cool. So I like to talk. So, <laughs> so podcast. 
And you can yeah. find the podcast on Apple and Spotify. So Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you just search back and all abroad and there you go. It's right there. Um, TheCaribbeanMillennial.com is the blog. On Instagram, TheCaribbeanMillennial. And well, yeah, if you're looking for me personally, I'm Astrid Oxford on Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That was great. Um, I'm gonna listen to. I also have a lot of free time, so I'm gonna listen to. The, I love Bacchanal. I love that name. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. So I'm definitely gonna listen um, to that. And just thank you so much for giving your time and for of sharing. Course. I think I'm nothing but time. <laughs> but still, I I appreciate that you did this instead of like reading a yeah. book or something. Yeah. Um, and for sharing, I think you shared some really. Um, helpful advice and tips that could be really beneficial for people who are struggling with like loneliness and yeah, also homelessness so. and <laughs> being in a new place in general so yeah. thank you so much um for whoever thanks. is listening right now thanks for joining thanks for um, joining guys be- yeah. all right i will catch you on the gram of um, course girl see you soon bye see you bye